Let's Go Tokyo with Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings. Hello and welcome to Let's Go Tokyo. Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings with you. It's July 29, day six, and I don't know about you, Skeet, but I'm still buzzing about day five. Extraordinary, wasn't it? Just the fifth time in Australia that we've ever claimed three gold medals on a single Olympic day. You have to go back to 2000, 2004 and 2008 in more recent times. The other, way back in 1956, which from memory, of course, was the Melbourne Olympics, which was such an iconic moment in Australian sport. In Rio, though, of course, we finished with eight goals. We're going to smash that if everything uh, continues on the current trajectory. Yeah, well, we've already got six goals just five days into the Games. Really stunning start for Australia. And we're back on the podium already today. Isaac Stuttlety-Cook bringing home the 200 breaststroke gold for Australia. First time since 1964 we've won that event. And he did it in a new Olympic record time of of two minutes, six seconds, 38 splits. Uh, Pretty impressive. Very impressive. In fact, his last 50 metres was two seconds quicker than the silver medalist. Put that into context. That was an extraordinary finish. And you know, we love in sport, uh, particularly if you win, is the the Australian athlete that is last at the the hundred and then yeah, fifth at the two hundred and storms home like Kiwi in the Melbourne Cup in the early eighties. That's the type of win we like. We'll take any, of course. But that was just the way he swims. He said in the post uh, race interview. He doesn't change his style, and he just kept his game plan right until. And you had to be honest, it's a really tense moment to think, OK, I'm going to let these other swimmers go out a little harder and then just come home with a rush over the final 50. He did it superbly. Yeah, when they've got the lactic build-up, you just come home strong. That's exactly what he did. Kyle Chalmers in the 100-metre free, uh, silver medal, great result. Terrific result. Um, Kyle Dressel, of course, the American... Uh, Olympic record, so that speaks for itself. A PB uh, for Kyle, and couldn't quite go back to back with gold, but he should be super impressed and super satisfied with what he achieved. Uh, we can only talk about that from afar, though, and as we know, we've got a special guest coming up who will be able to take us in depth as to what those swimmers are and have been going through. WA's elite athletes on the podium. Joining us now is someone who knows a thing or two about winning gold. He and his Aussie teammates, Ian Thorpe, Michael Klim and Bill Kirby, captured Australia's collective hearts when they set a new world record and beat the USA to take gold in the 4x200 freestyle relay in Sydney 2000, the greatest of all Olympic Games, I think we can all agree. WA legend Todd Pearson, thanks for coming in. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And mate, so what is going through your head when this Olympics is happening? Look, I think what we've seen thus far is, as you said, six six gold um, only a few days into the Olympics. You know, we, we've actually seen such great swimming happening, the rowing yesterday, that golden moment, and and it's captured everyone's hearts. There's the, everyone in Australia right now is just loving sport and especially these athletes that are getting up and they're coming sort of from nowhere, they're no names. And they sort of represent a lot of what we are in Australia, you know, that anything's possible. And I think that's what we're all loving. When it comes to our swimmers, always high expectations with Olympic Games. Sometimes we haven't, or certainly the athletes haven't lived up to maybe the public's expectations, if not their own. This year, it seems off the back of the the, the female relay winning on the opening day in the pool, there's been momentum gained and, and the performances have been terrific. And all the other problems that have gone with these COVID games, 
they've been able to overcome them and swim terrific times and, and get the medals they deserve. Yeah, and one of the things that was probably a lot of people were talking about at the start was, you know, with COVID, was, was the Tokyo going to be a real Olympics? Well, I think we've seen very, thus far anyway, that all the times that are coming through either world records, Olympic records, and that is coming back to the rowing too. It's, it's important to note that, you know, Australia has just got up. It's got right there. It's always in the medal hunt. And, you know, for all of us watching at home, it's, it's been fantastic. Well, you make such a good point there because we looked at the AFL last year and thought, you know, there was an asterisk next to that season after COVID. That's not what we're seeing at all in Tokyo. Like, this is an exhibition of pure sport. And, and the other thing is, um, people have sort of asked over the time, well, what about the crowds? No crowds. Well, it seems to not worry too many athletes out there because they know this is their opportunity. They're up there and they're using this opportunity to chase gold and you'll always be known as an Olympian. There'll be no asterisks, certainly. Absolutely. And I think Tiger supporters a bit upset that you said that, uh, <laughs> by the way, Benny. And, and I've got to be honest with you, I, I don't think it has an asterisk last year's AFL Grand Final, given what they went through. Similarly... The athletes here, it's not just like an NBA, an NRL, an AFL season where, well, we lose this season, we get it back. This could be the end of your Olympic career if you don't get this one away. Obviously, a four-year wait turns into five. So uh, despite the COVID cases in Tokyo and the problems associated with it, I don't think athletes have been more desperate to, to represent their country at this level. Well, I think you're right, Mark. It, it's certainly one thing that I've noticed. And, and the way that our athletes, in particular our Australians, when we're interviewing them after, you know, they're so appreciative for being there. And they're always talking back about their feelings and empathy back to Australians in lockdown around Australia. I mean, these are the sort of things which bring heart, bring this is what Australia is about. This is our tradition. And finally, it feels like, yep, we're right on. Well, you mentioned before, you know, the, the no-name athletes that have emerged as heroes at these games. I think that's such an interesting point because, you know, back in your day, we're talking about Thorpey, Klim, yourself. Like, you're talking about people who are household names going into the Olympics. Do you reckon that takes some of the weight of expectation and pressure off our athletes over there? Yeah, it certainly does. But, but in the end, it's an Olympic Games. They go in there and they'll probably put pressure on themselves. If I sort of take just Ariane's first event, that 400 free against the great Kate Ledecky and then for her to be able to hold her race plan exactly where she needed to be, even though she was a body length behind and to just stay and know what she was coming home with and then land the, land the big blow as I call it to beat Kate, that was fantastic and it's something Australia is so proud of Well, you were a relay swimmer a gold medalist in that department and there's a controversial decision that's been made in Tokyo at the moment. Now, uh, the 4 by 2 women uh, expected to win gold and do it quite significantly uh, with a world record perhaps next to their name today. But what's happened is, and we know Ariane is going to uh, kick off anchor or kick off the, uh, the relay for our swimmers and Leah Neal will anchor uh, the relay. But we do have some hard luck stories. Uh, some of the women, in fact, all the women who took part in the semis are missing out in the final, notably, I guess, uh, Molly O'Callaghan, who broke a junior world record in the heats. She misses out. How tough is it for the selectors, so to speak, to, to drag four swimmers out like that and replace them, albeit with some superstars, that must be a heartbreaking or certainly a, a difficult decision. Yeah, look, I, and certainly I was able to experience it in the 4x1 in Sydney sort of thing. So, I, I look, when I look back on it, I sort of think that I was given the opportunity to be part of that squad. That group of swimmers together, we were certainly felt like we were all contributing to, to Australia's success. 
But, look, you know, you've got to be realistic. In the end, you're either standing on the podium getting presented with medals or you're not and you get your medals after. And there is a difference, you know, so we, I wouldn't deny that and that's why the 4 by 2 was so fantastic to be able to be up on the podium. But ultimately, you still need four swimmers to get the job done in the morning to get you through at night. In this case, it's a bit of a switch. And so then what is it like for you when you're watching uh, the Aussie man who took out third in the same event that you competed in yesterday, uh, 200 metre free, you watching along are you like the rest of us going oh you know we got to, he's got to pick up the pace here or then maybe that second leg wasn't quite where we needed it to be what are you thinking i think the four by two i think they outperformed i mean they just missed a set silver america didn't even medal I, I actually took that as a really really big swim by all of them especially the last leg was fantastic um, but really to win these gold medals i think what's been shown over the years is you need depth and what the four by two women have is great depth and and that team that swam in the heats and there will be obviously another team in the finals that there shows you great depth and that's how you win gold medals i love their preparation uh, pre-swim in the final uh, others were sitting forward looking ahead at what's confronting them at the pool they sat in a little huddle and it was about them a couple of jokes light-hearted moments uh, could you re- sort of relate to how the australians or even how anyone goes about just trying to get themselves in the right zone well look it just before that four by 200 final i mean i know the four of us sat together and that sort of thing and there was a lot of pressure and obviously you're at your home olympics and that But when you've got another three people to share that pressure between, to talk yourselves, to keep motivating yourselves, no, you're not there just by yourself, it it is a fantastic feeling. And it was something that I remember a couple of us sort of thinking different things and that, and we all just straightened each other up to say, no, no, this is our chance, this is our opportunity, let's go chase it. And now this is a bit offbeat, but the pool is such a highlight of the first week of the Games, but people are talking about whether there's something wrong with the pool in Japan. Have you noticed all the dead heats? Look, I, I have seen it. It's certainly uh, been put out there and uh, certainly on social media, there are many commentary. <laughs> I mean, God, I, uh, from my point of view, I mean, look, it is what it is and uh, we've got to accept the results. And uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think there's been anything that's actually changed any of the yeah, sort of medal yep. results. And that's the main thing that uh, you wouldn't want to see. When it comes to the females, and we know that Ariane Titmus, well, she could be on the path to winning uh, three gold medals uh, at Olympics, uh, just the eighth Australian to do so, which would be an extraordinary achievement. We know that uh, Kayleigh McEwen also, thereabouts, uh, they just handle themselves with such class and grace. Um, and I think they've just, they've won over Australians, forget the results, the behaviour, and the, this, the way they handle win, lose, or draw. That's something that we see with swimmers so often. Why? Why, why are you so classy when other athletes sometimes lack that look i think if we've got to remember so many of these swimmers are just normal people going about normal things who do something extraordinary and so that's what actually comes through when we see the interviews they they look and feel like anyone that actually says i could be that and there's a lot of people that are young school kids watching right now that could be getting themselves ready for 2032 and actually seeing that they represent probably what i would have been many years ago and that's something to look forward to i'll tell you what we've all done since we heard brisbane was announced as the olympic hosting city for 2032 i bet you did as well i thought Jeez, how am I going to be? How old will I be in 2032? Oh, I was very clear. But I'd be lucky if I was a manager and being able to do that. Well, to, looking at Brisbane, and there'd be a lot of kids out there and maybe parents of little tackers who are thinking, we're doing so well in the pool. I'm going to get into swimming. I'm going to get my kids into swimming. You started uh, as on your doctor's recommendation as an asthmatic. Would you recommend it uh, as a sport to really throw yourself into? For me personally, I, 
could never do it. I had the buoyancy of a hall pack. Well, that, Ben, that was the difference. Uh, certainly uh, on land, I wasn't that great, so I had to find something. Um, but look, in the end, I mean, you know, it was a medical condition, but in, you, you still got to enjoy it. And I think the one thing that I enjoyed about swimming was not only coaches helping you through, it was the actual squad you were with. They became great mates. You actually wanted to do it. You, the process was as important as actually the results. And to me, it's your teammates. And there's many sports that feel individual, and swimming is one of them, but when you're actually training together in a squad, that is where you enjoy the actual motivation of swimming. So, begs the question, I've always thought that swimming in a relay team, Olympic gold as you have done, would hold special significance, even more so than maybe winning individual gold. How would you, if you had the, in a fantasy world, go back in time, what would you have taken? Relay gold, individual gold? I've never really actually thought of that question. Um, I guess, you know, let, let's recognise the individuals because I think they what Ari did to start the meet after the 4 by one women, she carried that. She carried us as a nation and said, "Take, I'm going to take you and we're going to go on a ride and we're going to be successful for Australia. We're going to beat the best. And then you can actually see the flow-on effects that have happened. So probably answering the question would be to say it's probably – a tougher gig to become the individual swimmer, uh, an individual Olympic uh, Games record holder, than it is necessarily the team. You talk about momentum, like we talk about it all the time. You know that that uh, that Titmus's win over Ledecky just gave a boost to the team, gave the momentum. But we're obviously speaking as outsiders. Do you actually think that that does play a role in galvanising the team together, convincing them, giving them a bit of confidence that hey, we can take on the best and we can overcome? Absolutely, because I can remember before the finals, now ours were at night, is three o'clock, you'd all meet as a team and you'd announce who was in the finals, but you'd also announce the results from the previous day. And let me tell you, when you were announcing Olympic gold medalist, new to the frame, to come up and, you know, and as a team, you just couldn't be more excited. Now, that's then onto the bus and off to the, um, the pool. Let me tell you, it's a lot better doing that than it is the other way. <laughs> and tell us about your experience in the Athletes' Village. That's you know such a part of the Olympics that I think is, has got a sort of a mystique amongst us non-athletes. What was it like in Sydney? Oh, look, both. Uh, even if I reflect on Sydney and Athens and that sort of thing, I just loved how it didn't matter who you were, you just rocked up to the food hall, etc., and you found your spot. You'd sit maybe with a few of your teammates, sit with other country people, and you, and you just enjoyed being part of the, saying you could be at the village, okay? And so from our point of view, it was just one of those moments to actually enjoy and look around and know there was a hell of a lot of people here that have been very successful to be able to be here. And is it true that there's a like a McDonald's stall with uh, unlimited free cheeseburgers? Absolutely. And let me tell you, we have raided it, but post the swimming. <laughs> I want to ask you about our other athletes, uh, village uh, shenanigans, uh, but I will ask you this, Todd. Some of the swimmers, in fact, we know the softball team coming back to Australia as we speak because 48 hours after the event finishes, they have to come back and obviously quarantine. So it's going to be quite a, well, not saying a letdown, but it's going to be an extraordinary high of potential gold, silver, bronze or PBs to, to heading back to Australia in 14 days in queue. Oh, look, I, I do feel for the athletes because they're getting the whole experience of the Olympics. But let me tell you, you know, swimming was done first week. Second week, we were able to go out and enjoy ourselves and be part of mm. the whole Olympic atmosphere. And that's something that they won't be able to obviously uh, have. And But in the end, 14 days after that, they come out 
and they're still an Olympic gold medal, so I'm sure they're going to celebrate. And so if you, if you think to the, the end of the, the pool competition, who's going to be the nation on top? We've done pretty well so far. The medals seem to have been spread around a little bit. Um, look, I still think the US, I think their depth's still there, but Australia's performed unbelievably well and all credit to the coaches and all these support people, the families that we see on TV and all that, that's where you can see the spirit. But ultimately, yeah, I think the US, they've just got that depth. Well, can we get you to hang around? We've got a lot of Olympics to talk about. We'd love to get your insights. Uh, well, let's take a quick look at the medal tally. Australia is currently sitting on fifth, thanks to that historic day yesterday. With seven gold, two silver, nine bronze. USA has now taken the top spot with 13 golds, 12 silver and 10 bronze, followed by China, then Japan, rounding out the top three. Aussies in action. Emma McKeon qualified fastest for the women's 100-metre freestyle final. Kate Campbell qualified third fastest. How's it looking? Oh, look, I, I think this is a, a really big event for Australia. Uh, the way Emma has swum, and, and so from a swimming point of view, we look at uh, the stroke rates and sort of see where they actually hold up. The, the more they hold up, and th therefore the more chance of them holding, uh, not decreasing or uh, their acceleration, if you want to call it. And look, she is holding up beautifully. So, uh, and look, without maybe the pressure of uh, on Kate in terms of going in with all the expectations, who never, who knows where uh, that's going to pop out. But Emma's now swum two times in this meet faster than anyone else, and so that's why she goes in as certainly red-hot favourite. If and it was an upset, I think Kate Campbell, everyone wants yeah. to see her get some redemption from, from Rio and uh, the tears and the disappointment. Talk about expectations for her to come out and even get a performance that is above and beyond what she's hoping for, I think would be terrific. Uh, WH Brianna Throssell made the final uh, today in the Butterfly, um, which is a great achievement. I think she finished eighth, but it was a, a performance that, really, to qualify for the final for her, I think was a notable um, mark to her Olympic Games campaign. Look, for, for Brie, and, and I remember seeing, you know, even last year for many swimmers, they didn't know if this Olympics was going to be on. And they didn't know if all this sort of training, just to even maintain, to actually keep going, is it worth it? Come Tokyo. She's become now dual Olympian. She's got medals to her name. And another final for her in the 200 fly. She's done awesome. And there's been plenty of Aussies in action and some mixed news uh, in the BMX. One of the great stories of this game, Saya Saka-Kabara, uh, unfortunately has been knocked out in the semis today. She's not going to make it through to the final. Uh, Lauren Reynolds, though, from WA came third, so she will progress to the finals in the BMX. Yep, terrific. Uh, Bustled and Archer Taylor Worth has advanced to the round of 16 in the men's individual match play. Straight sets win over uh, his Indonesian uh, opponent. I'm not going to pronounce the Indonesian because I don't want to uh, uh, butcher the the pronunciation. I'll give that to uh, Toddy Pearson to <laughs> go with. Uh, Alvianto Prastiadi, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, Oli Ruse knocked out by Egypt last night. Yeah, pretty sad story yeah. there. And uh, Well, uh, Graham Arnold, though, quite content with the progress this team has made. Well, highs and lows, isn't it? They knocked off Argentina and then um, that, was, that was probably the lone highlight. Uh, the Boomers beat Italy. Absolutely. Uh, that was uh, well done because they had a bit of a scrap on their hands against the Italians, but uh, they continue to, to stay uh, on track to advance, and that's all they can do at this stage of the tournament. The Aussie Sevens women, by the way, coached by former Western Force scrum half James Chucky Stannard, are uh, looking to back up their gold medal win in Rio. They've started pretty well, by the way, against Japan, 48 zip, so that's a nice way to kick off their campaign. Yeah, great signs there after the men's in the semis were uh, in the rugby sevens were eliminated, I think finished seventh or eighth yep. or 
so. Uh, Aussie boxer in tears, Sky Nicholson, fell to the floor in despair uh, after being denied Australia's first Olympic boxing medal yeah, since was, 1988. so sad just watching that interview and her heart was breaking. I she think was she, gutted. I think she lost her brother in more recent times, uh, so there was a lot of emotion attached to that performance by Sky. She was completely devastated. Not the first time a boxer at an Olympics feel they've been dudded by the uh, the judges <laughs> or the referees. So uh, that being said, um, we, we know that she's uh, hopefully going to have another campaign in her as well. Um, but yes, that's a big moment for her and unfortunately she couldn't get the result. Oh, she was inconsolable when she was being interviewed by Channel 7 in the post-fight uh, chat. Uh, she said she felt like she let down the country. Uh, the interviewer said, no, no, you know, you're the best boxer in Australia. And she said, that means nothing to me. I don't care about that. Just goes to show. Like, she was, <laughs> she was gutted. Yep, some big moments for Australia. But of course, we do have some other massive moments in Tokyo we have to touch on. Tokyo's top moments. Now, this is a great yarn. So five years ago in Rio, you might remember the Netherlands cyclist Annemiek van Vluten suffered one of the most horrific bike crashes you'll ever see, about 12 k's to go in the women's road race. Her tyres locked up around a turn. She flipped over the handlebars, fractured her back in three places. Uh, and so she was back, uh, I guess, looking for redemption in Tokyo. Uh, she got to the end of the 137-kilometre women's road race earlier this week and celebrated as if she'd won. And that was only because, <laughs> only because the actual actual winner was so far ahead, everyone forgot she was still in the race. So she got a silver there, uh, but then she's finally got a gold medal on day five, winning the women's road time trial. And look, she was absolutely dominant, winning that race by more than a minute, which in a time trial on the road, massive. And when you've uh, gone through that acute abar- embarrassment, uh, Toddy, of uh, thinking you've won, but you haven't quite, that's a nice way to redeem yourself. Oh, oh look, you know, even though it was a silver medal and then a gold medal uh, day five, you know, it, it, they're the stories. There's what makes the Olympics. In this case, it's Dutch, but you know, you can't not as an athlete look at that and think five years of hard work, even though you could have given it up and you kept going. By the way, the Dream Team bouncing back, uh, we thought as much, but uh, let's be honest, they're playing uh, against Iran 120 to 66. Some of the names involved, Devin Booker, I think, played in the NBA finals just a, a week or so ago, picked up 16 points. Uh, five other players uh, in double figures there, including Jason Tatum as well. Uh, Damien Lillard with 21, so uh, a regulation victory for them, but uh, still question marks over. How serious the dream team are. You would have crossed paths at some point with them. Well, I saw them in the food hall one day. I was going to ask uh, you about that. They they, they were man mountains uh, back then, but they actually didn't stay in the village. uh, They they, they stayed in the hotel, yeah. (laughs) no, We just saw them in the village one day. (laughs) And in the gymnastics, a fantastic result for the host nation. Japan's Daiki Hashimoto landed the gold medal in the all-round competition. Uh, He he entered the final rotation in third place. Uh, You had China's Ruotang held a, a third of a point lead over the miracle man, Nikita Nagorni, who'd recovered miraculously from a, a torn Achilles a couple of months ago. I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, and they were both, you know, about a half a point ahead of Hashimoto, who scored 14.933 on the high bar in his last uh, apparatus to secure the gold. Remarkable achievement, but I have to ask this question to Todd, given Simone Biles. I'm not sure if you followed what's happening with her, and obviously she's pulled out of the team events and mental health being cited. Is it possible that she should, could back up and, and go in the individual next week? It's it's a really fascinating story, a sad story if, in fact, she is so beset by anxiety 
and nerves and, and all the pressure that's come along with being in her position, which is one of the most high-profile Olympians at the Games. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, she is a champion of the sport. You know, we are talking about the greatest. But she put her hand up and said, at this stage, I'm not ready. And, you know, this is the difference in terms of athletes now have the courage to be able to do that. And, and all I can do is applaud the efforts to say, OK, at this stage, I'm not ready. Whether she can go next week, don't know. But I tell you what, um, yeah, you got to applaud that she actually said, no, I can't do it. Well, here's a question for you. So in her presser yesterday, she talked about some of the factors that went into play. And one thing she said that stood out to me was she said that she'd read some tweets after her, the start of the competition and they really brought out those demons, caused them to resurface. Twitter wasn't even around when you were competing at the Olympics. How much do you reckon that has changed, I guess, the, the pressure and the expectation and the, and the second guessing that goes on in an athlete's head? How hard is it to tune it out? Uh, it's an enormous problem that I'm sure athletes have to deal with because social media wasn't. I mean, we were lucky if we had text messages back then sort of thing, a mobile phone. <laughs> yeah, hang on, fact, wasn't, wasn't it hero yeah, faxes back yeah, then? Yeah, exactly. I, I enjoyed reading them, usually, and they were hero faxes. At least you only got the positive ones. I didn't want to see the negative ones. But, yeah, look, you know, in, in itself uh, – what athletes and coaches and everyone have to go through is is pretty tough, and that certainly, um, you know, it's unfortunate she's uh, had that um, yeah lapse in in terms of reading those tweets. I, I always just say social media, you just got to forget about it. Come the games time, yep, yeah. So many young athletes and young people uh, are very much drawn and addicted to to looking at feedback, positive or negative, and that can be. Well, not great for your mental health. So that being said, uh, let's hope that Simone Biles finds a good space. We'd love to see her compete, but obviously her well-being is the top priority. Got to say, though, the countdown is on plenty of big events coming up for the Aussies, and we're hoping, fingers crossed, our 4 by 200 metre freestyle women can get the job done shortly in the pool. They'll, they will win. Well, there's always, uh, you know, skate <laughs> no, where you until be, we you see the medal around disqualification, neck, exactly, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, true. No, I won't say that. I, I say they are at winks-like uh, odds to, to go on and, and create a gold medal for, for their country. The one I'm hoping for today is Jess Fox. Yep. Uh, get that elusive gold medal. Of course, bronze a couple of days ago. She's in the canoe C1 final. She's handled herself so well. She's got three... Uh, different medals, but not the colour she wants just yet. Yeah, it'd be great to see her finally get that elusive gold. She was pretty gutted after the K1 yesterday. Uh, in the medal events, we've got some shooting happening, which Australia historically has done pretty well at the Olympics. Women's trap, we've got the Aussie Letitia Scanlon, who was a finalist in Rio, uh, and so she'll be in action this afternoon. We've also got in the men's trap, young gun, no pun intended, uh, James Willett, set an Olympic record in qualifying for Rio at 2016 before losing a shoot-off to get into the bronze medal match. So hope he goes a bit better this time around. And tonight, of course, from 6 o'clock onwards, the swimming heats, the women's 800 metres, the women's 200 metre backstroke, mixed medley relay. Look at Todd Pearson just licking his lips, our guest on Let's Go Tokyo. Ariane Titmus is back at it again with Kayla McEwen and Emily Seabom in the backstroke. What a performance by Emily. Four! Olympics. Oh, yeah. Look, I, I can't even imagine it. You know, that's 16 years plus another four before that. It would make know. it 17 years, given yeah, the extra year on this one. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's her, but, you know, it's hats off in terms of being able to achieve something like that. God bless her. Uh, well, go well, Emily. Uh, and the newest event on the swimming program, of course, is the Mixed Medley Relay, which is uh, going to be fascinating. Yeah, no, I haven't, haven't ever seen it before, but... Uh, what even yeah. is it? Is it men and women? Yes, correct. Yeah. Do you, how does it? I wonder. How does? Does anybody know how it works? I, I like, had, do the blokes have to swim against the blokes, or they can be any combination? I think it's any combination. Oh, yeah. Other than to say, uh, I think you better be watching tonight. Well, strategically, how would you do that? Do you reckon? Where would you get the biggest advantage, assuming that the blokes swim a little bit faster? I would have thought 
uh, off the top, backstroke women, breaststroke women, butterfly men, freestyle men. I don't mind it. I actually call yeah. it as a fascination strategy. Factor. Yeah. A lot of strategy Absolutely. involved. Uh, also in the water, in the water polo, we've got the men's preliminary round, Australia versus Serbia. The Aussie Sharks, tough assignment against the reigning Olympic champions. Yeah, indeed, but they've got a great victory against Croatia next to their name. So uh, they're in uh, really good form. And gymnastics, very popular always. We've talked about Simone Biles. We've got the women's all-round final. Uh, Simone Biles, uh, unfortunately not going to be part of it, but... Certainly, uh, the gymnastics remains one of the most, you know, the, the grandmas and, and the mums and the fe- It's very female-dominated in terms of TV watching. It's just a fascination factor that uh, you can't help but look away. Some of the, the, the skills and tricks and some of the courage shown. Well, I think uh, as, a, as a male looking at knowing that there is absolutely no chance I'd ever be able to perform <laughs> one thing, uh, certainly, you know, you can't not, though, look at how good they are at what they do. It's it's terrific. And they've put so many hours in, as we know, in terms of being able to perform those routines. Yeah, don't snooze on the Russian gymnast Angelina Melnikova. She was fantastic in the team event and she'll be a red-hot chance. And also, I like uh, Sunisa Lee, who filled in for Simone Biles after her withdrawal the other night. I thought she was amazing and, you know, she could be a star in the making there. Yeah, I'm still trying to work out how the Russians are competing. (laughs) Anyway, we've asked this question every day, but we'll just move on and work out what's going to happen. Uh, By the way, hockey, women's. Hockey Roos off to a good start against Japan at a 1-0 victory, and they're trying to back it up uh, with more good performances. New Zealand coming up later this evening. And then looking a little bit further ahead to tomorrow, the athletics kicks off. So is that when you tune out, Todd? You go, nah, those people running around, bugger that. I love any sport, honestly, (laughs) uh, and I'm getting out of a little bit of work here and there, so I'm watching everything. (laughs) Absolutely. We've got uh, men's high jump qualifying rounds, the discus throw qualifying, and the women's 800-metre heat. So there's a bit of overlap between the swimming and the athletics, and looking forward to hearing the great Bruce McEvaney just uh, uh, talk us and walk us through what should be a fantastic week at the athletics Stadium. Yeah, still plenty in the pool as well. Uh, 100 metre free for the women. Look, I, I can't wait. I, I, you know, watching Emma and Kate go, it's going to be excellent. And I think uh, if you're an Aussie, you've got to be tuning in. And there's plenty happening in the team sports as well. Australia versus USA in the women's rugby sevens. Uh, the Aussies will be looking to continue their domination. Kookaburras versus Spain. As I say, they'll go through the campaign, their, their tournament undefeated. They might uh, draw somewhere, but they will not be beaten. They'll win a gold medal. That's my lock for this Olympic Games in team sports. Opals versus China? Not as confident on that front, but uh, <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope they can, they can improve. It's a tall timber in that Chinese team. And, of course, Belgium towelled us up uh, the other night. So let's hope uh, with Liz Cambage, of course, out of the mix and supporting Nigeria that we can get one back on the board. Yeah, that's that's very uh, interesting. But, you know, look, for the Opals, they're actually out there. They have, they're trying to get amongst it, and hopefully against China, yeah, they can bounce back. And, Toddy, looking at how Australia is going to go with this Olympics, how many medals we might win, we've got, how many have we got so far? Uh, is it six, six goals? Six uh, or seven, uh, I think, might be yeah, seven. So now. just give us a projection of gold medals. It's a bit hard overall medals, but give us your uh, crystal ball. Look, I, I think week two is always sort of one where we're looking for one or two to come out of nowhere, etc. I think if, if we could get somewhere where we were, Rio, Beijing type thing, you know, 12, that would be an unbelievable result. The main thing, though, is that as Aussies, we just love seeing our athletes compete so hard and compete fiercely for Australia, and I think that's what I keep looking for. Yeah, I agree with you totally, but also there's one other element. If we could just, in terms of one nation, if we could knock off Great Britain in terms of medals and gold medals, that would give me just extra satisfaction. <laughs> there's some bragging rights there. But then to miss out on the closing ceremony for most of the athletes, is that looking back on your 
your time in Athens and Sydney. Those closing ceremony memories, are they ones that you hold dear? Yeah, well, I never was able to actually go to an opening ceremony. So to be able to go to a closing and at least experience something where you're all amongst a group of athletes and uh, obviously at the end of your meet, everyone wears their medals and does all that sort of stuff. You get the pictures, etc. It was fantastic. And be honest, is it a big piss-up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's called just uh, hydrating in, in our world of journalism, just hydrating. I think, I think so a week you... after the swimming's finished, do you still need to hydrate? Yes, you do. You need to do it for a long time afterwards. And they deserve it. As I said, if, you're, if they're on quarantine for two weeks, somehow you need to get a, a couple of beverages into the uh, the hotel room. I, I would have thought so, although I'm sure the managers are now a bit nervous. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I've got some news for you as well, boys. Uh, this just in, Mitch Larkin in the 200-metre medley finished fifth. Yeah, well, he's, he's look. He has consistent. done an incredible uh, job. He's he's been there a few Olympics. That sort of event, he, he just keeps tr- you know, keeps giving himself to it. So, you know, uh, to Australia and to Mitch, you know, he's done he's done incredibly well. Yeah, hats off to him. And uh, might not have the best Olympic campaign this one going, but tell you what, he's been a superstar for a long time. Mm. Well, Olympic legend Todd Pearson, it has been an absolute treat to have you in the studio today. Oh, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming in. And now, as we've been talking here today, Skeet, on Let's Go Tokyo, we've just had the results come in from the women's 200-metre freestyle. Can I just remind you of something that you said to me before the show? Australia is a dead-set guaranteed gold. Hasn't turned out that way. No, I said they were like winks. They were certainty. (laughs) So I've completely put the moz on the ladies. I apologise. I have a habit of doing that. China winning world record time. Just going back through the race, uh, Ledecky finished so well for the Americans to grab a silver medal. We've got to remember that Ariane Titmus, she started the relay for the women. I always thought that she would probably be the anchor. That job was left to Leah Neal. Uh, unfortunately, she couldn't uh, reel in the Chinese, or as it turned out, Ledecky, who stormed over the top. But the Aussies, disappointment, let's be honest. They're expected to win this relay and they've picked up a bronze. Yeah, and there's going to be a post-mortem over what happened there and why Titmus did lead out the relay team. She didn't even uh, come in first in her leg. So, you know, the wisdom of that decision will be poured over no doubt by us couch experts here in Australia. Uh, they did their best and certainly a bronze medal, nothing to snooze at. Question is, is Ariane a bit cooked after her campaign so far? That remains to be seen, but yeah, it seemed from the outside that her anchoring last leg was the way to go, but I think once she didn't touch first in her first 200 metres, then maybe the uh, the air went out of the Australians or the confidence uh, just seeped out of the Australians. Uh, Cannot take anything away, though, from the Chinese, the Americans, deservedly take gold and silver, respectively. But what are the swimmers who swam in the heats and didn't swim in the final thinking right now? Well, I think they know that that's, that's the way it rolls. Um, yeah, you can say, well, I would have done swum better. But guess what? The world record was broken in this. So it would have taken something extraordinary to get past the Chinese on the times we just saw. Hello, Kate Ryan here, producer of Let's Go Tokyo, and you may have noticed the confidence in the guys' voices ahead of the women's 4 by 200 metre freestyle relay for a gold for Australia. But as you might have just seen, our Aussie ladies took home a bronze. I spoke to Todd again just after the race. After you've left, we have just had the results in from the women's 4 by 200 relay. Uh, what's your reaction? Well, I sort of say welcome to the Olympics. I mean, that's what it's meant to do. And uh, you never know exactly what nation's got, um, you know, the depth that sometimes you discount. In this case, um, China certainly swam a fantastic race. Um, And then when you've got Katie Ledecky coming in on anchor leg for the US, um, I think uh, we saw, you know, what happens um, when a champion sort of uh, can chase. Um, So, look, the Australians, 
you know, they've actually gone under the world record uh, that they set in 2019. It's just, unfortunately, um, the world record wasn't good enough. These, uh, you know, you had to be faster than that. And so all three teams were under it. So they have at least, in a sense, been the fastest Australia's ever been. But on today's uh, day, no, unfortunately, it wasn't good enough. Yeah, and what do you make of the decision to make, to have Ariane Titmus uh, lead? I think what they wanted to do was actually get out in front and therefore make everyone chase them from there. And I, I guess at the time, um, good tactic, but, you know, China stepped up to the plate and um, hats off to them. They're, they've done a fantastic job to be able to do what they did, especially get challenged also on the last league um, by Katie and then Australia. You know, they, they touched first every time. So they, they, they swim a brilliant race. Um, if I reflect back on the men's 4x200 freestyle relay and the US missed um, a medal for the first time since the early 1900s, that's what happens in these types of races. Just when you think on paper that you've got the best team, it doesn't necessarily translate to um, a gold medal. And uh, that's where Australia's been fortunate over the years because um, we've been able to sort of hide and, and come out and do some brilliant swims um, the, over the years. Mm, and it did look in that third leg like Australia was really on top and then you just saw China come back. And then the last leg, it was anyone's race, really. Katie Ledecky just just smashed it. Yeah, look, she, she as soon as she could chase, um, she, she showed exactly why she's one of the best or all-time best that we'll ever see in swimming. I mean, for her as a champion, she is. That's the, that's the perfect type of uh, swim where she can anchor, she can chase. She has the ability to go out hard and know she's probably going to have the best back end of uh, the other two in front of her. I mean, she's swam terrific. And so did Australia. And I think, again, the fact that you're at least under the world record to sort of show that is Australia's best swim. Um, but unfortunately, on today, it wasn't good enough. Do you think the ladies will be disappointed? Oh, there'll be a natural disappointment because you do go in there... Uh, probably uh, like all of us with expectations to win, um, especially when you know you've got some uh, powerful swimmers um, that represent Australia uh, in the 200 free anyway. Uh, but like anything, um, you know, today wasn't wasn't our day, simple as that. And, uh, you know, for Ariane and that, they've got a... Um, Emma, they've, they've got big races tomorrow. This is the chance to sort of okay, say, OK, we've got to... Um, find a different way and uh, hopefully we can uh, turn our result around. Do you think maybe fatigue had a little bit to do with it? As, I mean, Ariane has just swum amazingly, but, I mean, she's just done so much. Oh, look, there, there's definitely could be an element, but then Katie Ledecky's probably done more because she did the 1500. Sometimes this is the Olympics. You go through different cycles in uh, from day to day, the emotions and what she's also done. You know, th these things do happen. Um but ultimately, um, you know, when you start the the program, you know exactly what's ahead of you. Um, again, she has done an unbelievable job. But like anything, um, yeah, Ariane's, uh, you know, got tomorrow for the 800 and and Emma in the 200, and, uh, the 100, I should say. And yeah, let's, fingers crossed, uh, hopefully they can do it for Australia. Yeah, well, um, a shocking result. But like you said, welcome to the Olympics. Todd Pearson, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, no problems. Skeet, that's it from us. You can catch all the action from the Olympics at thewest.com.au. Join Skeet and I tomorrow as we bring you all the highlights from the Tokyo Games and speak to another Olympic favourite. 
You've been listening to Let's Go Tokyo by The West Live with Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings.